to self-respectless, the place to go when you've lost all self-respect. I am your one-woman host, Lindsay Ray Brown. Look, I understand that you already probably have some questions. Questions like, Lindsay, respectless isn't even a word. What gives? And am I expected to enjoy a podcast that only has one person reading the entire time? That sounds boring. I understand your concerns. And quite frankly, I have no answers to either of these questions. What I can tell you is that self-respectless was the snappiest name my little brainstem could come up with. And also, I love the sound of my own voice. And I'm confident you will learn to love it as well. I've been writing online for about 10 years now. One might think that this amount of time and effort put into an endeavor might provide loads of fame and prestige to one's literary career. Not so. Not so at all. So in a vain attempt to widen my reach, I decided to start this little podcast. I hope to force the comic genius that flows from my fingertips into your ears, dear listeners. In these episodes, you will find humorous stories, pathetic attempts at vocal warm-ups as I prepare to read such stories, bloopers from the times I fucked up reading the stories, and some of the most absolute gold that has been splashed upon the comment section of my articles. Oh my god, people can be the worst. I write a mix of satire and real-life accounts that I hope will leave you laughing or cringing from the awkwardness that abounds within this podcast. The other day, my husband, Jamie, gave me the best explanation, however, when it comes to the question of why I decided to start the podcast. It's the lip-syncing. Apparently, for the past ten years, unbeknownst to me, I have been silently lip-syncing his words whenever we have a conversation. It's weird, I know. I had no idea I was doing this, but I do, apparently. His exact words were, It's unnerving, man. I'll be, like, telling you about work or my day or something, and there you'll be, silently lip-syncing every word that I say. It's like you want to be talking so badly, you can't wait until it's your turn. So you just need your mouth to be moving, at least to get through your forced time of silence. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense. I love to be the one who's talking. This is why a one-woman podcast all about the embarrassing things I do seemed to be a great idea. Well... I pretty much nailed this introduction, so let's get on with today's episode! Just doing some vocal warm-ups right now because I've noticed as I'm reading 
There are, why am I wanting to sing right now? I don't know. Anyways, I notice I'm um, stumbling over my words. So I'm going to do some vocal warm-ups with some tongue twisters. Because I'm pretty sure I can do that. So let's try Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said it the butter's bitter. If I put it in the batter, it will make my batter bitter. But if a ah fucker, but a bit of better butter will make my batter better. So twas better butter 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 God Okay, that one didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. Let's try another one. Can you can a can as a can or can can a can? Hmm, interesting. You know New York, you need New York, you know you need unique New York. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. I like the way that rolls off my tongue. You know New York, you need New York, you know you need unique New York. Oh, I didn't do it that time. That was not right. I know. Okay, one more. One more. We're going to try here. Eleven benevolent. Oh. <laughs> I'm reading two things at once. Okay. Eleven benevolent. <laughs> can't I say that? Bene oh, I just can't say this word. Benevolent. Eleven benevolent elephants. Eleven benevolent. <laughs> okay. Stopping now. brother's birthday a few weeks ago, so I figured I should read a story about Dustin, my brother, because I love him, as you will see in this following story. The title is The Consequences of Being a Brother Lover, When Everyone Thinks You're Banging Your Brother. So as you can see from that headline and subtitle, this is going to be a very serious piece of writing. I'm standing on the front stoop of my house, chatting with my brother, Dustin, who has stopped by for a quick hello after work. He's wearing ratty old Carhartts and heavy steel-toed boots. I love shooting the shit with my brother because he's pretty much the most incredible person I've ever met. Even now, as we talk, he just looks so cool. One leg stretched high on the top step, the other casually on the ground as though he's making a weird deep lunge on my front porch. He just exudes coolness. The year is 2015, and we are talking about the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now. Little did we know, in a mere five years, we'd be in for a whole new definition of crazy. Dustin is cool for one reason alone. He's pretty much the most confident guy in the world. He can make friends with anyone and always is willing to lend a helping hand. Just to be clear, everyone loves him, not just me. I know how this all sounds. Sort of like I'm in love with my brother. I'm not, I swear. 
I just really, really love my brother. There's a difference, okay? These two very different feelings have gotten confused in the past, however. I can't tell you how many times one of my friends would say that I have to stop being so weird around Dustin because it comes off as if I'm crushing on my own brother hard. Is it strange to idolize your younger sibling? Maybe. But that's never stopped me. I've always wanted to be more like Dust. We've been through too much together for it to be any different. Like that one time, I inadvertently made it sound like I was about to have tent sex with him. I had been living in Red Deer, a city about half an hour away from my parents' rural hamlet of Benalto, Alberta. Dustin was living with the Wrens, finishing up his last year of high school. It was the Benalto Rodeo Weekend, an event that Albertans look forward to for months in advance. Maybe some get excited about the bull riding and barrel racing, but I was jacked about the beer gardens and hot cowboys. Still being underage but wanting to party, Dustin asked if he could tag along as I was planning on tenting in the rodeo's campground for the night. And because I love me some bro time, I eagerly shouted, YES! We had a flimsy two-person tent, a couple of sleeping bags, and a cooler of beer waiting to be devoured. As I was forcing Dustin to set up the tent by himself, I noticed that we had forgotten the pillows. Dustin offered to run back to our parents' house and steal a few from the guest room while I set up the remainder of our sleeping quarters. While staring vacantly at the fire pit and wondering how to get the thing going, I noticed a hippie-like woman in a long, flowing gown approaching our campsite. Hey there, friend, she said dreamily. Hello, I replied in my rigid, awkward way. I'm just going around handing out free contraceptives to promote safe sex during the weekend festivities. Oh, wow, that's cool of you. I glanced down at the woven basket she held, filled to the brim with condoms. So, do you think you might be needing some protection? She asked. Oh, well, I, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of bringing condoms. I paused, thinking again about all the hot cowboys that might be littering the beer garden later that night. Shit, yeah, I could totally use some. And then, in an unfortunate slip, I grabbed the most enormous handful of condoms from the basket imaginable. Trojans were slipping and sliding through my fingers, falling to the ground beside my sandaled feet. One even flew into the air in my enthusiasm to grab as many rubbers as I possibly could. Oh, you can't have that many. The woman's serene nature was fading, and now a concerned look crossed her face. We need to offer these to everyone. Like, maybe just limit it to one or two? Surely she was wondering how many people I was reckoning to bone over the next 24 hours. Oh, yeah, of course, I said as I shamefacedly placed the love gloves back into her basket. Either to break the awkward silence that followed, or dig for more information about who I was going to be making nonstop love to, she asked, 
So, are you here with anyone? It was for two essential reasons that I answered the way I did. One, I love my brother and would never think to be ashamed of hanging out with him. And two, I was still flustered from the condom incident. Oh yeah, the bro and I are sleeping in that thing tonight, I said, throwing a thumb over to our disheveled little tent. As the woman's eyes widened into something that bordered on horror, it occurred to me that I had misspoken. Oh God, no, that's not, I started. But that's when Dustin came running up the trail, waving two pillows triumphantly above his head with a huge shit-eating grin on his face and yelling, Got him, sis! We're ready to party! Before I could explain to the now fully horrified woman who was just trying to promote safe sex, she had already gone. And rumors that some chick at the rodeo was banging her brother had started traveling throughout the grounds. Needless to say, I didn't get any action that weekend. Back to the stoop and the shooting of shit with my brother, I smile to myself, thinking about all of the misadventures we've been through together. I'm so lucky to have him in my life. As this thought crosses my mind, a neighbor casually yells over from their front door. Hey, Dust, just to let you know, your balls are hanging out. And just as a deer is helpless to avoid the headlights, Dustin and I look down simultaneously to his stretched leg high on the top step of my porch. Sure enough, Dustin's balls are hanging out of his worn work attire. And it is at that moment I realize, yeah, maybe I am a little too close with my brother. Okay, this one might be one of my favorite that I have ever written. I don't know why I like it so much, but the idea of an octopus telling his story of woe is just so amazing to me. It is called Dickless and Alone, They Die After Spreading Their Seed, The Mating Rituals of the Argonaut Octopus. Please. Imagine, if you will, you're a sprightly young Argonaut octopus named Phil. You've grown over the course of a lifetime only one inch in length, a mere fraction of your female counterpart's size. One day you wake up with the grave realization, it is time to spread your seed. This is not a decision you take on lightly because, alas, the consequences of such activities will be dire to you, Phil the Octopus. You are a rarity in this deep blue jungle and know that once you've done your duty of carrying on the Argonaut race, you will perish. It's not that you want to die. You enjoy your life. The mollusks and crustaceans are plentiful. On any given day, your belly is full and you are full of verve. However, you've got a burning down below, urging you forth in this one-time venture. Indeed, it will only be a one-time experience. 
unlike the females of your species, who can take on sperm packs like those multi-holder beer hats you've heard tell of at baseball games, you are a lone ranger in this endeavor. One and done. Done being the operative word here. You've spent many a day storing up your sperm packs in your throwing arm, also known as your hectocotylus. Soon, once you see the right lady, you shall throw your hectocotylus into her mantle cavity and book shit out of there. Otherwise, if hunger is on her side, she might just eat you up in one foul gobble. Once the sperm arm is inserted into her mantle cavity, it cannot be released. Those lady argonauts, they've got cunning, that's for damn sure. They clamp in the, that sperm pack nestled cozily in your throwing arm, the same way a canine holds tight to a pair of dirty underwear he found in the laundry bin. Sometimes those bitches don't even use the sperm right then and there. They just hold on to it, waiting, biding their time until they may require some fertilization. Likely, they have more than one male sperm going on at once. Talk about feeling insignificant. Talk about being a small fish in a big pond. But this is your fate, Phil. You are a proud and steadfast Argonaut octopus, and you shall toss your hectocotylus with vigor and soundness, then swim away very fast so as not to become lunch for your much more considerable and scarier female cephalopod sister. To add insult to injury, for a very long time when humans, more precisely scientific humans, studied the females of your kind and found the remains of the male's penises in their mantle cavities, they thought they were parasitic worms. Like, do you know how cold the ocean is, buddy? Of course it isn't going to be that big, but a worm? Come on! After you've made your quick getaway, you will die, Phil. It is quite fitting, considering the great lengths you've gone to to implant your seed into the female, the storing of the sperm, the slingshotting your penis into the depths of the ocean to find a suitable mantle cavity. This adventure has been one in a lifetime, literally. Dickless and alone, you drift to a quiet place to lay down your spent body and die. As the last grips of life leave you, you think about how large and sexy the object of your affection was and know that she will be a fine specimen to have planted your seed within. You are getting quite tired now, Phil, and know that you will soon fade away. But you are okay with that, just as the males before you were. You've always been apprehensive of the deathly mating rituals of your species. But now, as you die in a small cave-like structure in the bottom of the ocean, you smile a little, knowing that you did your part to carry on the Argonaut race. Oh, what fun we've had today on our first 
episode of Self-Respectless. After these tales that I so eloquently told to you, can you now see why it is called Self-Respectless? Yes, I have absolutely no respect in the self-department, as is evident with me continuing to sing poorly on this podcast. Well, I hope that you enjoyed today's programming. I'm excited to come back next week, hoping to do this as a weekly installment. Don't know if that's going to pan out. Um, You will soon learn that I am not a planner in any way, shape, or form, but I am going to try very hard to put a new podcast out every week. So that's exciting stuff. Please remember to check out medium.com. You can find my writing by searching Lindsay Ray Brown or following the link in the podcast details. I will leave you today with some of the sad, sad bloopers that I accrued while um, participating in the many, many hours of recording this episode. It took me so long to get this quality. So, you know... I don't know. I'm not going to blame you if you don't listen any longer. But just to let you know, there are many, many more episodes of strange and enthralling stories from Lindsay Ray Brown. Here's some bloopers, friends. I will be back next week. Bloopers. This is the bloopers. All right, guys. So exciting. First episode of Self-Respectable. No, I literally just said the wrong name for my podcast. (laughs) Wow. It is self-respectless because... I like to make up words and I am 100% not respectable. That's the whole point of this thing. So I guess we'll just leave this here and I will start a new intro. Getting off to a real good start. And you shall toss your hecto... Oh shit, I forgot the name. (laughs) Stop. Alrighty, folks, I am so excited to be introducing my podcast, Self-Respectful. Oh my god, I can't get this name right. Why? Fuck.